Welcome to another episode of Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jules Hartley, who is someone that I know personally. We have attended many gatherings together. She started Kundalini Yoga around the same time as me. We're talking about the scene in LA in this episode, about the 3HO community, um, how it is handling the news of people speaking out about their experiences with Yogi Bhajan. And um, Jules comes at this from the perspective of somebody who decided not to get too committed. She is a actress. She decided to start medical school and she's just a great conversationalist. So we had a fun time. We got interrupted several times by my youngest son, Prembayant, so you will hear some of that. The reason I can't completely cut it out is because it would make Jules sound like she's insane for stopping in the middle of a sentence and then starting somewhere else. So I did want to give a little bit of context so it didn't seem so crazy. Um, so, And also because it's cute. All right, here we go. So, Jules Hartley, um, thank you so much for um, you know being willing to come on and discuss fun and not fun topics, maybe. Um, and and the reason that I asked you to be on the show is because you are like everybody that I have on the show, a spiritually inclined, creative person. And I know that you've done some cool acting. Actually, one of my favorite memories of you is the. Um, when those videos were going around, do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that. SH asterisk question mark hashtag. Kundalini yogis don't say that word. <laughs> so yeah, shit Kundalini yogis say. And that, that was like a whole series of videos that was going around. And I think that there was talk of like the official body making one and they kind of dropped the idea. I don't know what the politics of that were, but you ended up making one and it was so funny. I, I, I still, I still remember it. So I think it was, it was honestly like, and this is something we obviously will touch on, but I think they were, they were just afraid for too many reasons, you know, yeah. they, and that's really interesting. I consider, of course I've done a lot of dramatic projects, but I do consider myself more of a comedian and I mean, I love comedy and you know, in that you, your talk it's it's all about truth it's funny because it's real yeah you're like yeah I, I relate to that I know what you know um like JP Sears and his spiritual video because it's so true you're you're like oh my gosh I, I have said those seven things while I've been in quarantine right, right right and 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 it was just really interesting at that time to be able to see that as you say this body was unable to I don't think it was an organizational thing so much as were they able to make fun of themselves? Like, were they able to actually look at the truth? And it's really interesting. I actually watched that video on Friday, I think, with some people I was with in Sedona because they were part of this, they're part of this whole new age community. And at some level, it, it, it's all the same. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Yogi Bhajanist or a, uh, on you, Sarist, or just somebody who hawks crystals. Like it's just, it's just the same. It's a lot of a lot of little overlapping Venn diagrams there, and so uh, people were laughing because they 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 got some of it. But what was really interesting in watching it again is you know so much of the things, such as there's this one little section I did 
And by the way, most of those things were actually people had, somebody had put, I think whoever was the marketing director of 3HO at the time had put on Facebook, you know, we want to make this video or we're considering making this video. Do you guys have suggestions for what, you know, or, or, or the thread was started. I don't even know if it was a question that was asked, but people were like, oh, you know, this is something we always say. This is something we always say. And so I added a few of my own in. And I grabbed the other girl. Uh, she was a friend of mine who was actually had been in my teacher's training, who was an actress. <laughs> and so I kind of directed her and I just took my cell phone and that was that. But um, we made them at Golden Bridge in Hollywood, where I actually worked for seven years, I think. So, oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I came across you there and wasn't aware of it, because that's where I started in, what, like, 2009 really yeah were you there at that point I really got into it in 2011 so okay so it was a little before and 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 so 2009 until did you then move to Arizona or I moved to Arizona in 2010 so I was yeah I, I like really each other unless you were there for like workshops or things like that did I I went for I went for something I can't remember what it was when I was in Arizona but maybe maybe Maybe. But anyway, <laughs> what, what I was thinking of is this little section where it's like, just do some long, deep breathing. Just do some self-priya. <laughs> <laughs> just do this. Just do that. And it, it, I've had so many conversations with so many people, but the essence of that is this, this really, and I'm sure you've discussed this with other people and on your podcast probably too, but the bypassing. And what's really been sort of generally very interesting, and, and I've talked to some people who are second generation who have obviously first generation parents, and it's sort of been the same thing across the board, is that, so I got in when I was like 28, and when I sort of came out, it, it was almost like I it, the where my life had been, it was like I hit pause, and then everything that, that all so then I was right back there and it was like these eight years of my life just I, they were like this separate thing and, and I just right back to where I had been so I like to tell people I'm 29 <laughs> 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 but um but yeah so uh, you know it's really interesting because like I was talking with like I said a second generation girl and she said you know her mother who who has passed but she I guess had gotten in in her 20s and then was in for like 30 some odd years, but it was the same thing, you know, 24 to 55 or whatever, but it, it, it was like life picked right back up where she had. So it's really interesting, you know, and I'm not a psychology expert. I'm an actress, an artist, and I'm now in medical school because I really like medicine. And part of that, you know, had, had been actually because I worked on those studies at UCLA that were done, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Dharma saying of the Alzheimer's. Well, no, I went to one of his workshops actually at SoulSense. Okay. And you okay. know, one of the one of the most interesting, I'm interrupting you slightly, but I just does like- No, it's okay, thing, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, one, one of the most interesting things about that was at the end, I asked, um, oh, I can't remember who it was, but his assistant. Uh, so did you guys tune in and sing Long Time Sun as part of the- the practice because we're told that if you're going to do that meditation that's what you do you know basically that activates it or that makes it powerful no they didn't do either of those things 
And this was like before all of the, cause I was starting to question a lot of the stuff before any mm-hmm. of the stories came out. And I was like, that's so interesting. So do we need these things? Well, so yeah, so it was a cohort study. So there are actually different groups. Mm. And uh, I, I think I worked on it for nearly six years. So I was teaching the classes. I was teaching the meditation. And I was kind of the cheerleader for those individuals. And at first I was very much doing the tuning in. I mean, it was very like by the book. As time went on, and particularly in the last year or so of me teaching, I was going through my own evolution with everything. And I still would tune in, but I would just simply tune out with three long satnams. I didn't want to do the Long Time Sunshine song because it was just, it was, we didn't have time for it, to be honest, because <laughs> it's a few minutes. <laughs> were these the ones that were on Kirtan Kriya specifically? or just mm-hmm. Okay, so I thought they were doing it while they were in the MRI. No. But, oh, okay. I misunderstood. Unless there was another study, and that is a very real possibility that I'm unaware of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's what he was talking about. So this might be a different thing, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We had done a bunch of, uh, like I said, they were cohorts. And I know that there was, there were various scans, brain scans that had been done as well as other measures, you know, because they needed data for this efficacy. However, you know, and I was just talking with a, a gal who's an MD who's related to the community, and she and I were sort of agreeing that there's there's a big bias. This is not necessarily an unbiased study because so much is at, at, at play. You know, many of these people had maybe never sat still for 12 minutes before. Sure, sure. So sure, there's that's going to do something to you if you've never done that before. And then there was yoga involved, but I was also bringing in a lot of, I mean, my background, you know, I have a vinyasa, hatha, vipassana, and then all the other things that I'm into. So when I was teaching, what was coming through was a lot of my own, it wasn't necessarily like the the yogi bhajan teachings stuff. And so I think these people were introduced to a lot of new things. And anyway, there was a lot at play. So I don't know if you can say it was just Kirtan Kriya. Um, I certainly think there's a lot of physiological benefits from that, as well as a lot of the yoga and a lot of the Kriyas. And that's, I don't think anyone disagrees on that point. Um, Anything that gets you to be in a state of, you know, either sort of suspension from whatever your, you know, constant churn is, is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're taking a time to reflect, you're taking time for you. There's so many good things, so many benefits. So sure. I digress. <laughs> well, I mean, none of it is like, you're. <laughs> uh, what was, what like was an aha moment for me when you were talking about the bypassing, which I'd actually hadn't considered like in that way before is how the, the yoga was sort of this promise of you won't ever have to feel bad again. right like just do like and if you are then you're not doing it right (laughs) (laughs) you haven't done enough sadhana you haven't (laughs) just do some more sadhana (laughs) so I mean that's what was really that was really what drove my wanting to like know more about other things because I was like well wait a second I'm really not feeling okay <laughs> like what am I doing wrong here <laughs> you're not you're not doing breath of fire strongly enough 
<laughs> just your my, my breaths weren't deep enough I guess but <laughs> your your navel wasn't moving powerfully enough <laughs> yeah but I mean it's it is it is like kind of a crazy notion I think humans sort of we want to escape this like spectrum of emotions like we're gonna feel down sometimes and up sometimes and you know yeah, and a couple things on that. Again, there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, I, I listened to your Guru Ganesha episode, and he had mentioned, you know, we we were we were celebrating. It was all this celebratory stuff, and solstices. I mean, it is a celebration. There's this music. It's a festival. There's dancing, and there's circles where everyone's holding hands and swaying, and you have your hands on your heart, and it's kumbaya and you know peace love and happiness and <laughs> you, you know and that's the that's what that's what we're tuning into um but as you say you know there and as he was mentioning there's you know this full spectrum of of existence and things come up i mean as life comes at us there's you know, maybe it, it, trauma is sort of the word of the day. That's been a big one for, for a while now. And trauma will come up, you know, something will happen and you get triggered and you're at a nine or a 10. And to just say, oh, just do some long, deep breathing. Oh, just do some Sat Kriya. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, you need to up your sadhana. Have you done your sadhana today? You, you know, <laughs> and then now you're getting into that it's that guilt and that shame and I should and I'm doing it wrong and I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And now you're playing into that vulnerability, that fear stuff, which is probably one of the reasons why you got stuck in there in the first place. Right, right. And, and it be, it's because of the bypassing. And that, that stuff that's underneath there, that's the glue that held us all together. And, you know, I, oh, I really started noticing it. Um, so for myself, you know, I was, what's interesting about the teachings is they're very specific in regards to sexuality. It is, it is a, a, a hetero relationship and you are to, you know, no sex before marriage and, and you're to get married and then you have to have a kid. <laughs> <And> <laughs> And it's got to look a certain way and you got to have the cozy home and, and, you know, hopefully one of you works for a dharmic industry, you know, heaven forbid. Um, and my life in Hollywood did not look like that. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. And I started to feel this really deep sense of, of guilt and shame surrounding that. And, um, and yeah, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be comfortable with myself. Why am I, why am I not? And then when I realized that um, SDI, who's you know, one of the organizations um, you know, under the umbrella of Yogi Bhajanism, does not recognize, for example, uh, you cannot, if, if you're having a same-sex marriage, they, they, they will not, you can't do that in, in, a, in a 3HO place of connection aka you know a gudwara or a, a temple you can't do it you can't do it at solstice although i think they finally did start doing that maybe there was like one or two i might be wrong i think i remember one at winter solstice oh okay maybe <laughs> or maybe it was just an announcement like i think like uh, i remember one time during a contract <laughs> remember that when like some same-sex couples were like we just got engaged and i was like yeah 
Um, but that just really got me. I was like, well, wait a minute. And then I started pressing on it and the SDI reps were like, oh, well, our stances, we, we actually are not taking a stance. I'm like, that's taking a stance. Yeah. You were saying you are not pro-love. You're pro-rules. Well, yes, but on pretty much everything. So that's not <laughs> one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so like what was really interesting is that I think that, uh, you know, Facebook thread that you had taken a glance at, and, and I rarely go on Facebook, maybe once every couple of weeks, and when I do, and I actually have a minute, I'll start to get involved. I'm like, why am I commenting on this stuff? Why am I going down this rabbit hole again? But somebody had written something like, um, you know, oh, 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 he's a Sikh, or I'm a Sikh, and these are 3HO people, so they are um, of... American, Caucasian, that's who they are. They, they are not Punjabi. Mm -hmm. They are not, you know, of Punjabi descent. They're not of like cultural Sikh. So these are people and they were like, oh, well, he's a Sikh, so he's fine. Or I'm a Sikh, so I know I'm in a good place. And again, it's another form of, of bypassing. And then there's this idea of, of us versus them and the othering. And in the othering, it's a, it's a, there's all this judgment. And that's what started to get to me really was the judgment. Because I was like, well, wait a minute. So it's wrong to be in a same-sex marriage? It's wrong to have to have my hair cut for a job? It's, it's wrong to do this, that, or the other? It's wrong to not do this meditate, whatever. Um, and, and, and I was like, well, wait a minute. It just, it, and it was... It was like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it was like, you know, if, if I, if I do the meditation, am I breathing deeply enough? Oh no, I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's this bar is constantly being raised. And what's really fascinating is to watch with like the, the KRI and the teacher's training, trainings, training, training, <laughs> that stuff. Like the bar is just constantly raised. It's like every year there's another thing they add on. Like you got it. There's, there's a new, there's a new carrot. <laughs> well, that's interesting because you are actually getting a medical degree. And I oftentimes will like use the analogy that like going through becoming a teacher trainer is like harder than becoming a doctor almost. I mean, it seems like it takes more time and costs more money, but I, I could be exaggerating. Would you, would you oh, no, bit. Bit. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, like, I really like exaggeration anyway, but, but I mean, it, it is, it is pretty, there are a lot of hoops to, to go through. And I think that it's, it is probably the most, are you familiar with other teacher trainings? Because I've never heard of like other types of yoga having their teacher trainers go through that quite that much. So. Well, and then all the modules, and, but I have heard of other systems of control hmm. have their members go through modules, go through, you got a level one, a level two, a level three. I think the most well-known one is Scientology. Another one is Nexium. Uh. And uh, it's, you know, that was another thing. Uh, so I sort of really started, you know, the, it, was, it was a whole progression of things that were just like, you know, it was like, I was scratching my head, you know, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And there was this voice inside me that was like, no, no, this isn't right. No, this isn't right. Like that just kept coming up. And, you know, I guess that, that, that is me and my authenticity and my, my truth. And, and I am super grateful that I was able to actually connect with that and, 
you know, and, and see what was going on to a certain extent. But so a little over two years ago, I started getting into researching systems of control. And the more I got into it and the more I learned, I was like, this is no different. This is, this is textbook. What I experienced is textbook. And um, I, I guess I should make the disclaimer because um, and this is another reason like why I don't even like going on these Facebook threads is because I have to like give my whole history and where I'm coming from so that, you know, I don't sound super offensive because <laughs> everybody's got, you know, it's very heated yeah. right now with it's the emotions. It's really difficult to have a conversation <laughs> via Facebook if, if you're of an opposing opinion. I mean, if you're just saying, yeah, totally. Um, then (laughs) it's a lot of maintenance too. I I applaud you for being willing to do that because I certainly had things that I wanted to say about that, but I just was not willing to come back and reply and reply and reply. Um, Yeah. um, But yeah, I'll, I'll just be brief about it. And, you know, and this is me standing into my, okay, I can say this, but you know, I, I was in Los Angeles and there are some teacher trainers, teachers in Los Angeles, and they are following the Yogi Bhajan stuff. Um, They're very much sort of like by the book, like we have to follow everything identically. And what's really interesting in that is that they've um, kind of almost built up, they have built up a cult surrounding them that is very similar to what Yogi Bhajan did. And what was really interesting is when I came in in 2011, actually it was 2012, the first time I spent, I spent like a month in Española. And there was a guy there, you know, old timer, just doing some kitchen seva. And he came out and said hi to some people I was hanging out with. And he said, oh, you're from LA. And I don't know how it came up, but he said, you know, or he said, who did you do teacher's training and who did you do with? And then he said, oh, he's, he's got secretaries just like Yogi Bhajan did. Yeah. Oh, and, did and, you- and I was like, and I was like, huh, like what, what does that even mean? And then, and then I saw this like weird look go on his face and then he actually just like, like disappeared. He just like walked away. I'm trying to tell you something. I think he's trying to tell you that I'm going to call. Okay. Um, so that happens in most of my podcasts now because I have a lot of respect. Home. Yeah. It's okay. an interesting time. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So what are we saying? Oh, oh, about, so do you think that the guy was trying to suggest something? No, I just think he was making a, an actual honest commentary. And I think like a couple of the other people were kind of asking about it too. Like, can you tell me about what's going on with this person in LA? Um, and I don't know if we can name names. I mean, I don't want to like I'm make all about, I'm all about being blunt, but I think you're talking about Hari Jeevan, right? I, I'm talking about Hari Jeevan. And, um, you know, what's really interesting is he and his wife and their other, like, you know, main person, his main secretary, Guru Joss, mm-hmm. they all blocked me on Instagram. Oh. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like, Oh wow! Like <laughs> I'm that important that I get blocked by White Sun Music. <laughs> so that was really interesting, and and it'll be interesting to uh, to see what happens, you know, moving forward too. But um, yeah, uh, and actually, uh, there have been we, you know, 
there have been at least a couple of dozen individuals who have come forward mostly women because this community is mostly women and that's another topic we should actually get on but have come forward and they have expressed that they have either been you know emotionally physically or financially taken advantage of by Hedy G1 and now Goody Jugget, who is is a product, is sort of the female face of Hedy G1 and this thing that he has created and built in the name of Yogi Bhajan yeah. and the teachings. Well, I, I had heard a lot, you know, I, I guess it's sort of like how much it takes really to open your eyes about something. But, you know, I always had a good experience with Hedy G. Then he's a, he's a very likable guy, you know. Um, and I had heard, you know, these rumors about him and whatever. And I was like, you know, whatever. Um, when he made the documentary about Premka's book. It wasn't um, him, it was Mendave. <laughs> well, he was in it. I mean, he, he was the, the voice, right? The, oh yeah, no, he, yeah. he has, he has Mendave or whoever else is there tape him. Yeah. He's been taping himself for years. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was sort of like. I, like, are we reading, like, are we looking at the same material here? Like, I... Isn't that fascinating? It's really, it was really interesting. So, you know, whatever. I mean, power to him. He, you know, people have every right to, you know, to follow what he's doing. But, um, yeah, it's it's not... A, well, it was really... Okay, so, and this was something that I had posted on a, a thread where one of his students had posted that thing, that edited piece of media that was... Yeah. Put together about that whole thing I pointed out I said okay so and now I'm gonna get a little woo-woo but we we live in this reality right we live in this existence and one of the very natures of this existence is that it is a, a duality place you know this but you know everything has has a has a one you know this is yogi about didn't speak one pole and the other or one side and the other abraham hicks talks about there's two sides of the same stick you pick up the stick there's two sides of it but think about it you know we have up we have down we have light we have heavy we have light we have dark um we have right we have wrong like but but that's everything exists between these these two poles mm -hmm. these, these two places of, of duality it, it's just sort of the nature of this realm and back to that, you know, we were talking about like the the heaviness and the escapism sort of culture. It's a very heavy place. I mean, it's a very, very dense, heavy place that we're in. And I think for a lot of people, you know, it, it, we're always kind of trying to find a way to lighten the load or to, you know, how can I find some relief? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, this, we can talk about culture and society in this country and, and on, on and on. But anyway, so what's really interesting about that particular piece of media is that it, it played upon this notion of, of right and wrong, but in terms of destiny, it's your destiny versus this is your fate. So, so it's, so it's, it's, I mean, it's so classic. It's this, it's this fear of God, you know, uh, you have to come to church, you know, you're a sinner. <laughs> um, you know, if you don't stay with us, you are going to blow your destiny. <laughs> you're going to fall into fate. And, and it's, it, it was, it was this idea of elevating versus falling. And so, and it was just repetitive over and over and over talking about right versus wrong and elevating versus falling. And I was like, Okay, okay, wait a minute. So we now put this this idea of duality 
into a very vertical paradigm. And this is what Yogi Bhajan did. I mean, this is just, it's the same formula. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when it goes into a vertical paradigm, you, you, you know, you, 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 you're afraid you, you, it, it, Oh, I don't know. Drop. I don't want, I don't want to fall down, but it's, but it's so narrow that it's, it's like you can't, you don't have a choice. Um, and so, and, and I could just see all the acolytes sitting there like, you know, <laughs> with, the, you know, with the nodding of the head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the whole thing. So it sounds oh, like you got, but that is really interesting because that's something that I definitely contended with in terms of fear, especially having, you know, taken Amrit and gone through the whole mm-hmm. nine yards of, you know, the, the culture um, of there's this fear of like, what happens if I stop? And I could see that a lot in the, cause I was part of the Premka groups on Facebook that there was this fear. It's like, well, I can't just stop doing this. It saved my life, you know? So there, I think there was, there was a lot of clinging. I think there's a lot of clinging to it for that reason, for exactly that reason that you're saying. It's like, if I, if I don't keep doing this thing that I've been doing, what hell am I going to fall into? What yeah. neurotic thought cycles are going to, you know, come up for me? What sort of insanity am I going to experience? Exactly. Oh, and, you know, we had been told over and over in those yoga classes. Um, and it, so it, it wasn't just how do you do? And it was Tej and how do you do one? And I think I was more of a, a Tej person myself. <laughs> a lot of seva there. And, you know, that's another story. But, you know, we, we constantly heard these stories of people, you know, there were people who stayed and then there were people who left and the people who left just went absolutely batshit. These people went bug house. I mean, you know, oh, they're, they, they, they just, they just, you know, they changed their name. No one ever heard of them again. You know, they, they just, you know, who even knows they went and did a whole lot of psychedelics and just (laughs) heaven forbid. That was something about Abraham that really attracted me in the beginning. So I started listening to them about four years ago and it was like, you can be spiritual and not have to follow so many rules, any rules really. Um, And it felt to me like that was the purpose of Kundalini yoga anyway, but it was like this cognitive dissonance, like be yourself, be the light of your soul, follow your intuition but don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's like, well, what if my intuition tells me to do one of those things? No, that's wrong. Well, it's, but again, it's the fear that keeps you sticking around. Yeah. It's whatever the, and what was interesting about those two teachers is that they would, and I think there's probably others who do the same thing. You get to, they, they, get, they get to know their students. They, they would have these counseling appointments. Mm-hmm. And well, what is a counseling appointment? You sit down and all of a sudden you're getting a psychological blueprint of somebody. And this was something that you paid for, or this was sort of like part I of it? I actually never did. I never did it. Um, I did one session with Tej, mm-hmm. but um, she actually didn't charge me. But anyway, even now, as I talk about these things, you know, there is like a, there's this feeling of, um, that comes up and I know a lot of people are really afraid to speak about their experiences. Um, Huddy Jiwen has approached many of his students as potential partners over the years, like potential wives, potential partners. 
So I'm going to, I'll try to be succinct. And you know, this is not, I'm not trying to be gossipy or slanderous. That's not what this is. I'm, I'm just sort of using it to, to, to show that, you know, talk about a few of these talking points and that, you know, I think that the sort of the system that I came into there definitely was one of control. And, you know, we were often sort of fed these things like, um, you know, all these different tactics as you were. Okay, your your brother knows how to open my phone, okay? So if that happens again, just just uh, ask him to do that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, system. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying, but oh, again, codependence. Here we go. So, so you know, one of the one of the little like things that would, would happen is you'd be in a class, and then it would be like, oh, you know, this is this is Sarah, and uh, Sarah's been doing a really great job. Um, and again, like back to that guy who was on your podcast before, you know, it wasn't a specific great job. It wasn't specifically talking about anything. It was just like, isn't she, isn't she great? She's been doing the yoga and the meditation every single day. She's been doing a lot of seva for me. She's been playing this mantra in the four corners of her house and she just got a new job. You know, this is, this is, and it was this singling out the students um, and I noticed that like in some of the old recordings of Yogi Bhajan, he would kind of do the same thing. Like he would talk about people and where's my beloved, this person and that person, you've been doing this and that. Um, you know, this is an example of somebody who, you know, came in not in a good place and started doing the yoga and look how great they are now. That's well, one so. of the things that Napoleon Hill mentions in Outwitting the Devil. Have you ever read that? Mm -mm. Such a great book. Um, it's not about the devil, but it's he. They, he talks about or the the devil tells him because he basically channels the the polarity of you know of human consciousness, like the the down polarity. I don't know how to explain it, but he says that flattery is one of the most amazing ways that people use to control people. And I think like, so here's the thing. Somebody asked me um, yesterday, and this is what, you know, I said, let's, 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 let's hold on to that topic idea. Why, why are there so many women and no men in, in this 3HO? And, and why, why is it mostly white people? So, you know, and I, I was thinking about it and, you know, I, I actually, I asked a friend of mine who's Sikh and Punjabi who has gone to some solstices and stuff like that his take on it was that well i as i see it it seemed like there were more men initially when when yogi bhajan was alive there were more men around and my take on it is that that for those men you know and and i think a lot of first timers will say this over and over like we were people who didn't have fathers we didn't have parents and so Yogi Bhajan was that father figure for them and and it was somebody to emulate and it was somebody to live live by and I actually had been in a relationship with, with a man who was also part of the Dharma for over a decade. And I remember, cause he kind of came out, we kind of came out together, which was an interesting experience. And I do want to talk about that too, but, um, oh, God, oh, came out you know, of, of it. yeah, we sort of like, everything kind of started to like, you know, the, the veil was lifted about the same time for us. Right. Um, so we kind of bonded over that, but then, at the same time, we also, 
And this has kind of been happening with a lot of my even girlfriends who I met through 3HO. It's been interesting because I've been trying over and over to reconnect or to even connect with a lot of them. Many of my friends are people who I met from Solstice or working at Golden Bridge, my best friends to this day. But what's been happening recently, and in particular since like the Premka stuff, so I think that's that's sort of been the the shift for a lot of people all at once. For me, I kind of had started to go through all my shifting a few years ago. But um, it's this interesting thing happens where, you know, all of a sudden, and I don't know if it was because we, you know, met each other when we were like really in an altered state of existence after sadhana or after, you know, three days of white tantric yoga or dancing or, you know, on a mountaintop when it's so beautiful and we're watching a sunset, you know, but, you know, just sort of not, not reality in other words. Um, so we were, we sort of had met in this altered state, but then there's an association of that person with those experiences in 3HO, which, which could be a good thing. But now, because it's like, we're parsing out all these really uncomfortable emotions that had been bypassed and that were underneath for so long. It's like, there's this projection onto the other person of all the negative stuff. And it's really hard to, you almost just don't even want to have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, you represent 3HO. You represent all that stuff that I'm trying to get away from now. Or like I'm not not necessarily able to sit with all of it right at this moment. Yeah. And it's hard when it's in your face like that because it's somebody reflecting all the memories back and things like that. So, But then the shoulds and the shouldn'ts. So for example, I became vegetarian when I was about, it started when I was about 13 and I got into yoga when I was about 15 and I first got into meditation a little bit when I was like 18. So yoga, meditation, being vegetarian. I was always kind of interested in South Asia stuff and um, you know, I did cultural anthropology in college and I was just, I was always kind of a free spirit and, and you know, it was all, it was all very cool to me, but it was, it was, it was who I was. And so when I discovered this group of yogis, I, had, I was in a place of vulnerability in terms of I had experienced a lot of uh, death, both family and friends. And then I'd been through two really bad breakups back to back. And like all I'd ever wanted since I was 19 was, you know, to be married with kids and have a home and kind of do all that. Like this was my dream and it still is. And now I'm in my late thirties and it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but which is interesting. But, um, you know, I, I found these people and I was like, Oh, they're vegetarian. Oh, they're sober. Oh, they like to meditate and do yoga. Oh, well, I know if I go to these events, like if I sit next down next to a guy, he's probably not an asshole and he's on the same page as me as far as lifestyle. But so it's really interesting is coming out of this, you know, people are like, um, oh, well now I'm going to eat meat, you know, now I'm going to, I'm going to drink and, and smoke cannabis or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm not going to meditate every morning and, you know, maybe I'm not going to do yoga. I'm going to instead, you know, do cardio and lift weights. And, and so it's, it's hard because all that, you know, then there's this like judgment, there's a judgment on themselves. They're like a teenager trying to sort out where they are with things and they don't want to be controlled or told what to do. Um, but then it's like for myself, I'm like, well, well, who am I? And and then I am, I I still like to be vegetarian. That's who I am. Um, but so anyway, it's just really interesting that the like judgment stuff that that's still there and. So it's hard not to judge each other. Like, oh my God, they're not wearing all white, you know, or, oh, they are wearing white still. Oh my God, did they trim their hair? <laughs> <laughs> These things are 
still there. Like <laughs> it is a very strange um, criteria by which like that sort of judgment when you considered that all these rules were coming from somebody who molested children. And <laughs> women. Do you know what I mean? Like who cares if you drink a glass of wine? <laughs> please don't wake up later than 3 a.m but it's okay to rape someone like what Uh, and there's more too I mean I'm sure you've spoken to people off the you know off the record and so have I and there's a lot of stuff that I've heard firsthand that's that's not even in these books or these accounts and stuff and uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's wild. <laughs> yeah. My, you know what's Yeah. Can you call somebody? Can no, you, I'm talking to No, no, can you call Maybe I can say hi, and, and then it is, it, it's a he, right? Yeah, here, you want to say hi to friendly Yeah. Hi. Hi. No, he's not. My name is Jules. I'm talking to your mama right now. But not, in, but not. Why not? Why not? Do you want to do you want to talk to us too? No. 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 He's <laughs> he got excited. He understood now. He's like, oh, I gotta go ask my brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's kind of bad. ran out that time. <laughs> yeah, because I had a session before this, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're back to back now. You're like, where's mom? <laughs> um, but I don't know what we were talking about actually. Um, oh, we were talking about, like, uh, everything. <laughs> All the things. Oh, you know, and, and I will, um, you know, kind of back to that bypassing thing and the, you know, you, you get so high, which is so interesting. I had this, you know, truly, oh, I think we were talking about l- learning about things, like, you know, the, once it comes out and, and you learn, you're like, oh, shoot, like, so for a lot of people, it was reading these accounts on Facebook or reading the Kremka book that was, um, you know, like, oh, gosh, what's going on? Um, and I have not been following sort of the first generation, sort of the nucleus of, you know, what's been going on with the organizations and, and their Zoom meetings and stuff. I, I have not been I have elected to not partake in any of that or. Oh, or I don't even, I, yeah, no, I, I haven't, I haven't been participating. But my understanding either. is that, you know, a lot of people are sort of at this point where they are open. They're, they, they now they're, they're, they're listening, they're hearing, they're realizing that this is, that there's actually something real here that maybe there was a lot of stuff that was, you know, overlooked or, uh, ignored, you know, because it was a culture of ignoring and shaming and, um, you know, oh, they're slandering, they're slandering. And then there's that, um, you know, there is that Kabir, I like to call it, you know, a poem because they are, they're beautiful poems, but there's the Kabir, um, Shabad in the city of Grunt that's, uh, you know, slander me, slander me, slander me. Do you know that one? Mm-mm. Um, and it's, and it's really beautiful and, and it's basically, you know, it's kind of like, uh, um, what is the saying? Like copying is the greatest form of flattery. It's kind of like, or like, you know, any press is good press. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's sort of that idea along those lines, but, um, yeah. So, 
I don't know. It just, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm like digressing so many things. Um, I had written down a couple things here. The, uh, the notion that everything is so um, outdated. Oh, I was going to say the power and money thing and the fear. I think that, you know, um, for some of these teachers and some of these other people, you know, it's their livelihood. Yeah. This is their livelihood. This is this is all they know how to do. They've done this for decades. This is their, this is their entire. I mean, it's their entire identity. I mean, it's everything. It's their life. You know, it's you. Know, you have to wake up and realize, oh, I moved to Española, New Mexico, and but but on my own accord, you know, what does it take to actually step into the responsibility of? And it's 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 um it's really hard. It's really hard to take responsibility for the fact that, you know, I think for like my ex and I, we were both like, yeah, we were in a cult. Like that was really, wow, we lived. That was funny. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you can't say we didn't live. Like you should have seen my armpit hair, man. Like, <laughs> I had a 13 inch mustache. <laughs> you won't believe it. See my driver's license. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait till you hear what I did for eight years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you, why, where's your middle name come from? It's like, <laughs> but I mean, we, we were just kind of like, you know, I mean, so I think you could joke about it, but um, it's a lot to actually accept responsibility for the fact that, you know, I was spending my time and energy and pretty much every waking moment devoted to the teachings of Yogi Bhajan. I was not focusing on my career. I remember my father kept saying, you know, sweetheart, you should be focusing on your career. That's why you moved to Los Angeles. Um, you know, you're, you're asking me for money now, but, you know, how's your career going? Mm -hmm. What have you been doing with your time? Oh, well, you know, I've been doing this yoga and, and I know that it's a great community. And that's another thing, the community thing, but, um, <laughs> write that down. But, 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 you know, I mean, it was, and, and then I had so many family members that were like, that's a cult. And I remember asking, I remember asking my teachers, is this a cult? <laughs> and they were like, um, we, we should probably talk to her, <laughs> rein her back in. <laughs> Let's get in there. And, <laughs> um, you know, and that's the thing, this whole like community. And that's what, that, that's what I was like, oh my gosh, I found family. You know, I moved to LA on my own. I didn't really know anyone. I don't have family here. And that, you know, it, it, it's so plug and play. It's like all of a sudden, it's just, you know, it, all you have to do, it, it's plug and play. And your whole life is taken care of. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. And then all of a sudden, you know, when, when you're, it's, it's so hard to like, just get back out there and try to navigate and figure out everything on your own in a way. I, I actually talked about what I was doing as a cult jokingly but not jokingly throughout my time but I don't think I really knew what that word meant or what, right. what it implied and I, I recently took this seminar with Matthew Remsky because I was like man was I, know, I, I know nothing so about about this um and he brought up so many things I was like oh my god yeah that makes so much sense um and one of the things that I really appreciated, which was actually why I contacted you, because I vibed with what you were saying so much on that Facebook post, was that no one abuses alone. And I think that's really important because, yes, Yogi Bhajan is dead, 
but so many of the people that enabled him are alive and well and in positions of control. We talk about SDI. The woman who is in charge of Sikh Dharma International aided Yogi Bhajan in raping her own sister. And whether, like, let's, you know, let's say that's not true. Let's say it's just an allegation and it was just a court case. It could and have been blown a little bit out of proportion. I mean, it's blown out of proportion. Yeah. But why would, I don't understand why it would happen. We know that. It's okay to have somebody accused of that in a position of power. That just exactly. seems like not good PR. But but the thing is, it's th 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 this whole culture had been spun around to be like, oh, well, you know, she she's got a few, she's a little crazy. She's, you know, she had problems before. That family had issues, you know. Well, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't do their dust bund or whatever, right? Like, you know, coming up with a story that's plausible for these people so that they will be completely dismissed somehow. Right. You know, the, in that, in that piece of media that we were discussing mm -hmm. before, you know, saying that the, the way of bypassing it was in saying that these were two separate personalities. Guess who had three separate personalities and that's what, how he justified his behavior. Right. And he says it over and over in his lectures too, Yogi Bhajan, he'll say, well, I, I'm actually three people in one. Oh, I, I've, oh, you didn't know this? It's very difficult for me to listen to him speak. And I find it very unorganized. Okay, <laughs> um, so no, I had never heard that. Please, please tell me more about that. Okay, so, um, so many things. Okay, so the uh, the way he speaks, I'll just I'll talk to that first. And and this is another thing that you know I think Hadi Jivan and Guru Jagat do is um, you know and and Guru Joss does it to a certain extent as well. It's almost this like you know it's funny because I've you know I was accused by that one guy on that post of academicizing the whole thing, like philosophizing about what was going on and and not making it real. Like you know this is actually something that's going on. You can't just like put theory on to this and and it's like well you know we're trying what we're doing is we're trying to parse out actually what was going on because the fact is there's a lot of people who are very emotional and are very upset right now so this is a way this is a system of you know viewing things so that we can try to you know help figure out what's going on the way yogi bhajan speaks is so you know and the punjabis were always kind of commenting on this flowery and poetic and here there and everywhere um and a lot of things were good <laughs> and truthful but you know a, a lot of things are very nonsensical and the same thing is going on with these other teachers right now but the thing is you see these acolytes sitting there and like they'll hear a metaphor or they'll hear a big word or, the, or, or they'll hear something that, that, they, that they do connect with on some level there is some truth and they're like oh Oh, maybe that's what you know, because there there is a vagueness to it. I mean, it's it's flowery. It just, but but at what point it's you know, and what's really interesting is putting someone up on a stage, literally physically. Let's talk about the space for a second. Right. Putting someone on a stage with a whole bunch of flowers and crystals and everything else, and um and then and then being in an unquestioned forum. You know, people aren't raising their hands and asking questions as in an academic environment, an academic lecture. Um, it's unquestioned. Oh no, this is the guru. And 
Furthermore, putting the video camera there, that, that is going to dissuade people from speaking or dissuade people from standing up or dissuade people. I mean, th there's so many different uh, devices that are used um, you know, to, to, to maintain this system of control. Um, what were we talking about? There was the way he speaks. Oh, the three personalities. So he uh, says over and over and over, I'm sure it could be Googled in the library of teachings. I don't know if that's still up or what they're doing with that. Someone told me they were editing it or taking things down now because of various, who knows. But um, he says, you know, well, I'm, I'm really just three people. I'm three people in one, he used to say. It's the same thing. He was saying, I'm a man. I'm a man. A man and a body. We all know what, what that means, yes. And then I'm, I'm a teacher. Like I'm a yoga teacher. And then I'm this, you know, this, this thing, this Siri Singh Saab or whatever, this construct. Oh, I think I have heard this. Okay. I'd and so, and he says that over and over. And it's really interesting is listen, like if, if you, you know, whatever, it's funny. Like sometimes like I'll get into the car and like, I'll plug in my phone and I don't know what the glitch is, but sometimes like, cause I have all the lectures are like on my phone so with, with all, with your music, everyone else's music and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, cause my library is, <laughs> and, um, you know, a song or a lecture will come on and I'll listen to it for a few minutes and what's really interesting is, you know, I will hear him talking about that three-person thing, or I will hear him, you know, he, he, will, he will single out somebody who's in the Gurdwara at that moment or who's in the yoga class. Like, and this one lecture starts and he's like, where is my beloved Satsimran? Where is she? I need her. I need her now, you know. Just very interesting, you know, to, to hear these things. Um, and back to this community aspect and this idea that, you know, nobody, what was it, what was it you said, nobody abuses alone or? Yeah, no one abuses alone. Yeah. First of all, only hurt people hurt people. I really like to come back to that. Um, you know, and I think, and this is something I was kind of trying to bring up in that thread on Facebook as well was, you know, a lot of us, and I brought this up, you know, here already, a lot of us came in with vulnerabilities. You know, for me, it was... I had been going through these very tumultuous emotional experiences and trying to sort out who I was and, and have a paradigm of spirituality within which to make sense of what I had been going through. And, you know, there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of fear. And fear is what, you know, brought a lot of us in. What's on the opposite end of the stick from fear? It's love. And, you know, we're preaching love and love and oneness and community and, and, and those things do exist and they're great. I do want to talk about the idea of the construct of Yogi Bhajan briefly. If you have to go, I understand. Yeah, um, I'm good. I'm muting my, I'm muting this so that we don't hear my son in the background, but I'm, I'm okay. But um, yeah, I, I mean, like, feel free to interject anytime, but you know, this, this construct of the Siri Singh Saab or the Mahan Tantric. Just a second. <laughs> This is me now. <laughs> yes. I am in just a few minutes, okay? Okay. <laughs> Yay, family! Um, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say, and I've spoken to a few people about this, um, you know, because a lot of people, like, really love 
tantric. I love tantric. I served tantric for years. It was my favorite thing. And that's sort of the hood ornament or the centerpiece of the community in a lot of ways. It's like where everything kind of comes together and, you know, it's the focal point, you know, of the solstices and all of that. Um, so it's like everything kind of comes in. And, you know, what's really interesting is, you know, Satsimran was his head secretary. And we know what that means. Yeah. Well, I do now. I didn't before. Right. And, 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 you know, and no, and, and I have to say, and, you know, she hears this, why guru, right? But, um, you know, I actually have a lot of respect in a way for Satsimran because, you know, she, she was looking out for herself. You know, she put herself first and she made a business for herself out of this whole job that she had. And, you know, she found a way to capitalize it and make sure that she had a good life, you know, beyond the, beyond the cult, you know, beyond the harem, whatever you want to call it, you know, beyond those years. Um, For people not knowing what you mean, could you just make that really clear? Like, cause she owns white tantric. So she, right. Um, yeah. So, so white tantric yoga was a, um, it's a very, um, what's the word? It's a, uh, there's a lot of like, um, it's a, it's like a ritualistic or sort of like uh, rule based. It's a very specific meditation with a lot of, um, with a lot of things you have to do. And um, so he started teaching this meditation form to his students. And um, at somewhere along the line, she was able to say, you know, let's, let's make this a business you know, money for it. And, um, you know, let's, so that we'll keep this business going. And, and she was able to have that be her enterprise health and humanology. And, and she's in charge of that. Um, so I, so I personally, um, when I was 18, I was taking uh, performance art classes and workshops through NYU this is part of my like performance artist acting kind of training thing. And one of the things we would do are these uh, massive group meditations with these very interesting rules attached to them. And, and we would kind of make it up. It was like a game, you know, we, that we would play for four or five hours on end. And we would all get on the same page using breath work and sound work. Oddly enough, um, the uh, the guy who started this whole uh, class and workshop, he had spent a lot of time in India, so he was having us do chakra work and sort of like group uh, pranayamic stuff. And but anyway, um, they were very profound group meditations and group hypnotic situations that we would do, and they had very very specific rules regarding spatial orientation to one another and what we were doing and for how long it was going to go. And then for those, and, and there was somebody holding space for it. So in, in a way, it was kind of sim, a similar type of situation. Um, <laughs> what, what, I, what? That's really interesting. You almost like, cre you created it before it, it entered your reality, right? You, you were sort of setting the stage for this to come in because you must have recognized it as similar when you took your first white tantric or I think so. I think the other thing that I, when I did my first white tantric, I, cause I had been a long distance runner when I was a, a teenager and, you know, I was nationally ranked and I was in a, I went to college to be in a top 10 D1 program. Um, you know, we, we thought we'd all go to the Olympics, but distance running is, you know, it's mental. It's a mental exercise in doing the same thing. You know, you're running laps around a track. 
it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, day in, day out, over, over. I mean, that's what it is. And I was like, oh, this is just like distance running. That was the familiarity to it for me. And I was like, I'm a long distance runner. I love this, you know? And then I had a very real physiological experience with it. I had a couple of them. And I was like, this is no joke. This is legit. Like, this is, this is dope. And I remember coming back to LA and my reality felt very shifted in a really cool way. And, um, you know, I had no desire to drink anymore, no desire to, you know, be involved with cannabis or any of that. And um, I was like, this is a whole new me. Like, I like this, you know. Uh Um, I think I did actually have like a Kundalini awakening. Like, you know, I don't, it's kind of a controversial thing whether or not the pineal gland actually does make dimethyltryptamine or, or whatnot. But I did viscerally, like I, I felt like there was like this actual physical sensation of, it was like somebody like pushed like, like that heroin needle. Like I felt it like get pushed into my system and I felt it like, I just felt it drop like through my, and then it was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden I could see like the tantric feel. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, this is psychedelic. This is amazing. Um, and who knows? Like, who knows what that was? You know, I think that that's the thing. The yoga and the meditation does affect phys- physiology. And there are many benefits from it. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's, it, it's important, I think, to note, too, that that was your experience. And so, obviously, you were ready for that experience. It's possible if you had done something else, you would have had a similar experience because that was the experience you were ready for that's not an experience that I've had. And I also did tantric, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's a really interesting point you make because I had already started this sort of spiritual journey and I'd been blogging about like every day I would do a blog entry and it would have a different topic that was like related to some new age concept. And, you know, I was very much exploring all this on my own. I was very much into yoga and meditation. There was a lot already. So it's really interesting that you bring that, that point up. Mine was like, well, my, my insight from the tantric was like, it gave me the ability to get over something that was like a really big deal for me that I was able to just get over something. And I didn't have to, and I think it was, it was a breakup, but that had never happened to me yeah. in my life. Yeah. I was just able to not be sad about something that I had been sad about prior, you know, prior to that. And so I it, had that experience. Yeah, it was so. like this idea in my head, like, Oh, that's a possibility now. So that's neat. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, you're told that this is a particular tool and it's a tool that it's the best tool and it's this great tool. And, and I'm not saying it's not, you know, um, but anyway, so what I was saying is I really fell in love with white tantric yoga, but the last couple of times I did it, what was really interesting, a few things came forward, but one of them was that I realized that everybody there had the, you know, you had to spend money or volunteer your entire day or several days to be there. Everybody had a very massive intention with this meditation. So the intention is there. Then there's people holding space for it. You know, talk about the collective. We were all collectively creating that. We were collectively creating that experience, that moment, but it was everybody's intention together, you know, the community as it were, you know, we were all, everybody, every single person there is a participant in some way, shape or form. You know, you're in the tantric field as it were, but also, you know, you're, you're really saying that something amazing is going to happen. Yes, but everybody is intending for something amazing to happen. Everybody's intending for this magical experience. Everybody's intending to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I, there's not one person there who isn't. Mm-hmm. 
So that energy is what's going into it. You, you don't have somebody come in wearing all black who's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> that, that's not what it is. You don't have a, everybody's on the same page. So it's really, it's interesting. And then furthermore, you know, we, we, are, we do have an electromagnetic field. That, that is also a, a thing, you know. And you create this like grid. It's, 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 a, it's like a human crystal. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that crystalline structure is very interesting. You know, it's, it's very like, it's almost like on lock. And then that's, you know, like a quartz can hold like a time beat, you know, um, you know, very fascinating, amazing, you know, they say crystals have different properties and stuff. So this is a particular kind of crystal almost. And it's a very sort of like interesting, like rigid structure. You put it there. And then from there, it's like all this other stuff, because you, it's like you have the scaffolding holding the construction in place, like you have the, the, the thing there. So then from there, like, you know, other stuff can like get whimsical and fly away because you've got that structure in place. Mm, that's beautiful. A really interesting way, you know, this, this of moving energy. It's yeah. a fascinating meditation. But what I was going to say is, from my perspective, you know, it's the Mahantantric is us and our intention and that you know we're going to have this amazing experience it's you it's me it's everybody who's participating that also is the serious thing sob mm -hmm. you know this is we've collectively we're, we're making this you know, we're all we're all colluding in this yeah, yeah. and you know i do think though it was really interesting um one of his caretakers towards the end of his life as second generation gal um, who I don't believe was involved with him physically, um, but had a very long history with him regardless of serving, which is interesting. She was one of the tantric facilitators, but not one of the original secretaries who was a tantric facilitator, which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> um, because all the facilitators were originally supposed to be, you know, secretaries of his who, you know, were told by him, you know, you are not to marry in this lifetime, you are to serve me. Right. Oh, you're serving me. That's your job. That's your destiny. That's your, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, which is really interesting if you think about it, you know, okay, so this is somebody who has, you know, had, you know, I don't know how that parlays in, you know, you've had this like physical experience with this man who's the Mahan Tantric and then, and then what I'm being told to, you know, hold space for this meditation because, I was having intercourse with you. I mean, I, I'm not sure like what the, you know, I'm not sure what the instructions were or whatnot, you know, but that to me was like, I, I wasn't able to get my head past that, you know, once I sort of had that realization. And this was something you knew about for a while? Yeah. And how? You talk to some, to people? Or? Yeah, I talked to um, a bunch of the facilitators because I used to work with them. So I would get these stories and, I think again, it's like my intuition. Nothing was ever spoken about outright with them, so I'll be I'll be very clear about that. But the way that they would speak about certain things, and you know, so all of a sudden, you know, I would I would make a mental note. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And then I spoke with I spoke with Pamela myself, hmm. and um, I spoke with another one of his former secretaries, and you know, and she actually shared with me that you know, it was, it was like a voluntary thing. You know, they, they all were like, Oh, you know, this exotic yogi. Oh my God. And I get to sleep with him. Like what? You know, I mean, how radical it's like being a groupie, you know, you're like this, 
Yeah. What, so maybe you can riddle me this because what I'm curious about is if that is the case, why not just be open about it and not make it this, we are a group that only has marital sex. Why not be the group that has sex? You know, what's really interesting is I don't know if it had something to do with like, for example, have you seen the documentary, The Source Family? And did you know about Father Yod? And so he was actually a Yogi Bhajanite. And then he like took it and kind of like took the yoga and was like doing his own thing with it. Like you got to watch this documentary. Like he had a big gong. He had a giant picture of Yogi Bhajan, but then he replaced it with a giant picture of himself. So he started his own family. Uh They were all white. They got up early to meditate. But they ended up living in a mansion somewhere in the Hollywood Hills or Bel Air or somewhere, I'm not sure. And there were like 80 of them living in one house. And he was sleeping with a lot of the women, getting them pregnant. But they were all very open about it. Uh-huh. So it was interesting because it was almost like, it, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a perversion of 3HO. That's a perversion of what... But it was interesting because it was like, not necessarily a perversion. They were like smoking... You know, they would get they would like smoke you know a pipe of weed and and then meditate and and I was like oh no like this is you know this is taking the teachings and like you know doing something very blasphemous or wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was I mean it's shocking but also fascinating to see. And a lot of these people also had had experiences with Yogi Bhajan, you know, as students or gone to his classes or whatever. Um, I, before we, before we go too far down this trail, I just want to like go back to that thing that you said, which I thought was really interesting about Sut Simran having created this financial foundation for herself, because that was really smart. Really smart. And I have a lot of respect for it. Yeah. I do. I do. So many people, I mean, so many people have done so much work to create this industry and don't have a patent on it or, or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Wow. Okay. So the whole secretary thing was what that was, this is all very new to me. I mean, all of this information is very new to me. I, my, my only kind of deviation from this group was just energetic. I was like, this just doesn't feel right to me anymore. You weren't vibing. Yeah. But when so I I've I have another podcast that I'm gonna be doing with Nadine who who grew up in the Dharma, or it's weird to call it that given what what took place there, but you know who grew up in this culture, and she she introduced me to this idea of him with the secretaries, and she was saying how it was really odd for her as a teenager when she would or as a young woman when she would go and help, and she asked one of the secretaries once she's like, so you guys there's always somebody in his room, right? But there's only one bed in there. <laughs> and I was like, my jaw dropped. And, and the other thing that I thought was so interesting was that she had the job of, and she'll tell this herself, but um, her, for whatever reason, her podcast, I couldn't open it once we did it. So we have to do it again. Oh, no. I know. So anyway, I get to have the conversation again, but she was in charge of uh, placing all of any sort of press that he was mentioned in any book. Yes, I heard this. Yeah, you did. Okay. Cause, Oh, cause I think I said it in, in one of the other podcasts, yeah. but yeah. yeah. And then he was always referred to as having a harem. And I'm like, how did I, like, I was in this group and I never heard that as a thing anyway. So yeah, yeah when I, I, I did, I, I kind of found out about it and then I was like, 
oh, now it makes sense. All the stories I've heard now, now I get it. Now it was like, um, you know, a Polaroid picture and you're shaking it. It's just a white, it's just a white square guys. It's just a white, a blank white thing. And, and then, uh, you know, you shake it and then all of a sudden the picture starts to come into focus. You have this in white? <laughs> Or like a puzzle, you know, you start with the outside, you got the corners first, and you do the red balloon, and the, and like all the puzzle pieces started to come together. That's kind of what it was like for me, you know, and, and then emotionally, I had to start realizing, okay, you know, I got involved with this because of my relationship with, you know, my mom and my dad was like this, and these were some things that I'd never actually sussed out, you know, and there were parts of myself that I'd been denying, and I wasn't in touch with, and I wasn't comfortable with, and you know, all sorts of things. And this was a way for me to bypass them, but feel better about everything. Plus it gets you high. And so then you're like, high <laughs> in a way, you know, but one last thing I want to say on the white tantric is that, you know, this, this one woman who was a facilitator who had worked for him, she mentioned something to me once, which was, but the problem with the yoga is you need to have a teacher. And I was like, you know, and I, I just listened to that. I was like, well, what does that, what, what does she mean by that? And, um, you know, the, the problem with the white tantric is you need to have a Mahanta. And I, so I was thinking about that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it may not be the best analogy, but if you live in a, a Northern place, you, there's a mud room this vestibule that you come in, you take off your boots, you take off your coat, you take off your hat, your gloves, you put the, you hang up your coat. Mm -hmm. you, know, you walk into a hotel room, you, you put your suitcase on that cot. You take your baggage and you put it on something. Mm -hmm. You take this off, you gotta put, you gotta hang it on something so that you can get into the space, so mm -hmm. you can get into it. And the Mahan Tantric or the Siri Singh Saab is the teacher in a way is like that. You know, it's a, it's a construct so that you can, Jesus Christ is a construct. You know, it's, it's Jesus save me. Oh, Jesus, I love you. You know, all that stuff, you know, that I grew up with in the church and everything. That's just connecting to source, but with the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, it's through that, through that coat hanger. Mm -hmm. you, know, you had to, you had to have that there so that you could go there. And I'm going up. See, this is how it's vertical again. <laughs> you can go there, <laughs> wherever. It's here. It's everywhere. <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, like coming into white tantric yoga, like you have to, you know, and I think the first time you do it or whatever, the first several times, you know, there needs to be some, some structure on which you hang your coat initially so that you can do this. But then there was also the culture of everybody in the hero worship of Yogi Bhajan and the conflation of the idea of, of, the, of the experience of connecting with source, mm -hmm. the conflation of that profound, you know, experience of source, love, whatever you want to call it, light with him. I was able to do this because of him, him, him. I was able to do this because of Hari Jiwan. I was able to do this because of Tej. You know, it's this conflation onto the teacher, onto the construct. Mm -hmm. You know, and so anyway, somebody was saying this is outdated, this idea of having that coat hanger or that Mahantantric or that teacher. 
it's an outdated thing. And so, you know, at what point are we going to recognize that everything is teaching us all the time? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, everything. Including this whole mess, <laughs> you know, with, with uh, all these discoveries and, and whatever. I mean, I've certainly learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what's really interesting is, you know, and, and again, back to that, like I had put in one of my comments and people thought I sounded really arrogant, you know, saying like, you know, all, what there is to do now, you know, you can sit here and blame you can point fingers at these teachers, at this person, mm -hmm. at everybody who was participating all together. We can blame one another. You know, we can sit in, but that's still not sitting with the uncomfortable stuff that was always there that we were not addressing in the first place. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is it's like, you know, you can, you can keep trying to put a lid on it, trying to put a lid on it, try, but you know, at some point it's got to steam and bubble out and bubble over. And I think, you know, that's, that's what's happened. But, you know, I was saying like, this guy's dead. You know, we're all here, but the feelings are here. The experiences are definitely here. And we gotta, we, we have to process them. And then someone was saying, oh, he's already healed. He's already processed. Again, he's a Sikh. Um, he's done his bonnies. He's right. done his meditation. And then I wrote, does anyone ever really heal completely? Like healing continues for, I mean, it's a constant, it's a constant. Mm -hmm. We're never really healed. Like mm -hmm. it, it's a pro, everything keeps, life keeps happening. Stuff, it, it just, you know, it is. There, there is no time. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no I, I was actually, before our call here, I was actually talking to someone um, that I'm coaching about this, you know, this idea of, it's sort of this myth that you arrive at this place called enlightenment at some moment. <laughs> and then you're just forever enlightened. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. What do you do once you're enlightened? There's no life to be lived. There's no reason to be here. <laughs> you know, you're, it's, it's, um, it's a great place to, to hang out and then something else is going to come up and then you're going to have to regain that, you know, and then you're going to have to, so yeah, it's. Okay, it's, good to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and I will say, I really, um, you know, I found so much beauty in Sikhism and I still love Gurdwaras and it's so sad that they're closed now. Like I was just in Phoenix and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to go on Sunday and then, my friend was like, it's not open. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, we can't have good war now. <laughs> like what a, you know, cause that to me is like a group, you know, you go to these huge Punjabi Gurdwaras and you know, there's hundreds or thousands of people and you can just feel the, that devotional, you know, the Simran, that, that, that energy, that charity kala, whatever you want to call it. But again, it's the same thing as Tantric. It's a whole bunch of people going there to have a transcendent experience and they know they're going to have it. They are going to have it. You know, it's a very, yeah. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful to feel that and ride that wave of that particular surf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. What a great conversation. Yeah. And um, I will, uh, I'll have to edit out a little bit of the interruptions, <laughs> but besides that print and um, yeah enjoy um enjoy the rest of your day do you want to share anything about like any projects you have coming up or 
any yeah sure i i know i have an imdb page people can find me there jules hartley is my stage name and i worked on a couple films last year that were really cool we'll see what happens to films now because i don't you know will we be able to go back to theaters it's an interesting thing one of them was actually supposed to be released the weekend of uh, the Chinese Lunar New Year, which was when China got shut down, was that week. Mm -hmm. So it never got its worldwide release. It was supposed to be released in like 150 countries. Uh, but that film is called The Rescue, and it was actually mostly largely funded by uh, some organizations or groups of people, whatever, banks, <laughs> in... Uh, organizations, in, um, in, out of Hong Kong. So there was like sort of this Chinese yen in it is that what they use chinese yen or is that japanese yen chinese what's the dollar there whatever chinese currency wow. so chinese money had been put into it and they wanted to release it there first but because china got shut down they couldn't release it but it's a it's an action adventure film and i play a mother with a baby and it's essentially titanic but instead of a giant cruise ship it's a airbus 330 I think it's the plane and we actually shot it on the same the same studio that they shot Titanic which is down in Mexico so that was really cool and then another film I have a small part in uh, with Hugh Jackman and Cliff Curtis and uh, Rebecca Ferguson it's called um, the working title I think is reminiscence it might be called the J Deering and so I don't know when those are gonna come out but um, you can go to my IMDb and see what shows I've done Jules Hartley Cool. And, uh, yeah, and I'm also studying to be a, a doctor now, so we'll see where that goes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Blessings. Bye.